Phoenix Suns go on the road, lose again. Two and five. Two and five on the road is this team. Definitely not the same Phoenix Suns as last year, Matthew. A team that was road dominant, the best road team in the NBA. No, this year they take a quick one-game road trip up to Utah and lose 134 to 133 to the Utah Jazz. Shit. It's like a team that they know like a trade's coming. I feel like everyone's playing and just kind of ignoring it. They're like, oh, I th- we talked about it behind the scenes. Like something's going to happen. So let's just get through these games. We win them. We win them. If not, we lose them. But we're going to get someone special to help us this year. That's what it seems like the way they're playing. Because like, I mean, Booker obviously comes into this game. He wants to win. Right? It's a Utah team that's kind of hot. They lost three in a row. But they're like mm-hmm. the team to beat kind of out West. Mm-hmm. So... I just think that Booker really came in there just wanting, you know, to fucking win this game. But the rest of the team looked good, man. It's just that Utah team made some crazy fucking shots towards the end, too. Yeah, well, there's that. And I just think that, you know, this team just kind of took a while to get their footing. And it's it's kind of this reoccurring theme with the Phoenix Suns where they come out and they just kind of look flat on the road. They don't go out there. And that might be the Chris Paul effect, right? Like, that might be... Chris Paul is somebody who gets them ready, gets them up for every game. So when the, the yeah. tip happens, they're instantly engaged. And in this game, before you know it, they're down like 19 to 3. They're down 19 points in the first quarter. And then you can see Devin Booker's like, okay, it's it it's going to be May. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't get into like a three-point competition. They kind of just went to the rim, um, played their game. They got back in it, man. Just couldn't. They took the lead once, right, with the three. And yeah. As soon as Booker came back in, then it was kind of, you know, they couldn't get it back. So let's do this, dude. Let's do One this. Game. Another, another Ooh, podcast. Well, welcome, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We go live after every Phoenix Suns game, win or lose. And that's why we're here on a Friday night, kicking it with you, talking about another Suns loss on the road. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the TikTok. Make sure you follow Matthew on Twitter. If it ever, if it still exists tomorrow. Make sure you follow me at Darth Voida, and you can read all of my writing at brightsideofthesun.com, which, Matthew, I will say, was once again covering the game tonight for Bright Side of the Sun. <laughs> I, know, I know. I am 0-4 this season. <laughs> yeah. Four times I've had to cover the Suns. Four times mm-hmm. they've lost. It's really yeah. shitty writing those recaps for Bright Side when it's just like, oh, shit, we're down 19 in the first. Fucking, this is going to be great. It Can't always wait. comes back to your prediction, though, of them only winning 13, 13 games, you said? Was it 13 games? No, no. no. I said 13 this team and 55 was going to be, what, four, 49 and 33 was my final prediction. Yeah. And I think we're kind of like losses. right on path. Yeah, that's that's my penance yeah. for being the one person who didn't have the Suns winning like 60 games this season. I picked them to pick 49, and now every time I cover them, they lose. And it's it's really, really annoying. So, uh, I'm going to pop open a nice Oso Brewery Lemon Raspberry Popsicle Blonde. Matthew's probably going to have Yummy. water. Yep. Happy Friday night. So pop them if you got them, Suns fans. You know, it really was an entertaining game. I will say that. Uh, but plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So cheers. Phoenix Suns, man, one of those nights where they were constantly obviously being down 19 points in the first quarter, constantly yeah. battling back uphill, finally taking the lead, as you mentioned, 121 to 120, ultimately losing 134 to 133. But that brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I, I'll ask you on this one again. What did we learn tonight? Laurie Markkinen is an MVP candidate for sure. I mean, 21 and eight coming into this game, making Dirk like moves. As soon as he made that last shot, I was like, Dirk, he's like Dirk Nowinski. And I was thinking too, I'm like, dude, uh, is it Laurie, um, white man, Yama? Like, I swear that guy has as 
big as like Yam Yamanyama, like whatever. Like Who's seriously, he's like he's like eight feet tall out there, man. I forget how big he is. Making shots like that, doing everything—the passing, cutting, everything—it was insane. I've never seen him play like that. This is the first time I watched the Jazz this year, so I, don't I was think... interested to see the whole thing. Well, I'll say this: nobody's ever seen him play like that. Like just period. And till this part, season, right? Well, well, part of the reason why is because tonight. Lori Markinen went out and he scored a career high 38 points against the Phoenix Suns. So nobody's ever seen him play like that. It's got to be painful for all the U of A fans. I'm sure there's plenty of University of Arizona basketball fans who know Lori Markinen, saw him play down at the down in Tucson, get drafted. Who 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 drafted him initially? It was the um the Wizards, right? Wasn't he on the Wizards? I don't remember who drafted. Oh, him. I just had him up. It is the Bulls. Sorry, Bulls. Bulls that's Cleveland. right. Yeah, the Bulls. Oh, then he went to Cleveland and kind of, kind of be irrelevant in, uh, it with Chicago. Couldn't get it together with somebody who they thought would start right off the bat. Then he was kind of coming off the bench. He wasn't effective. Went to Cleveland. Had some flashes in Cleveland. Uh, somebody who we definitely in the offseason were talking about being a trade yeah. target for the Phoenix Suns. He ends up in utah following the donovan mitchell trade and what i you know m- much akin to yourself matthew it's the first time i've watched the jazz play it's the first time i've seen laurie market and play probably since his u of a days and he's dude dude's fucking chiseled man he's like he's like a greek god he, yes he's like a greek god out there just like <laughs> yeah. chiseled and doing whatever he wants and you know one of the things that I noticed as I was hanging out on not only am I, am I writing the, the, the recap for bright side of the sun, but I was hanging out on the, on the jazz subreddit as well oh, no. for the subreddit stakeout tonight. And one of the things that their fans were constantly saying is like, wow, Laurie looks great. Can't wait for the, uh, for the Utah jazz to just negate his existence in the second half. Because typically I guess that's what happens with him is he has a great first half. Uh, which he did tonight. You know, he he went out and he had 18 points on seven of nine shooting in the first half. Uh, but in the second half, you know, same thing. He came out and he was just unbelievably effective to end the game. He ended up shooting in this game a godlike 15 of 18 from the field. He was two of three from deep. He was six of eight from the free throw line. I swear this guy has had more and ones in this game than Devin Booker's had all season, Matthew. He might have. Uh, he looks so like free flowing out there. He's like a cloud, just like kind of just through the lane, like effortlessly. A lot of the stuff that he was throwing up there looked good. Like it didn't look before when he, before he came to the Jazz. I feel like every time I watch him, he looked like such a stiff. Yeah, because the guy sat out there, shoot the three point three pointer, and didn't really know how to dribble. It was just a weird looking dude out there. And we all thought it was basically over for him as a starter in the NBA. Like everyone did, right? Mm-hmm. But. I mean, I wanted the Suns to get him because I saw something in him. I'm not saying that kid was this good. It would just seem like a guy no. that's a backup well, he, power forward that he, could come he in. Great. But he's playing small forward, too. It's like listed as a small forward, so I don't know what that is. Um, but he, everything he does out there, dude, it's basically cutting to the basket. He's finding guys at the rim, dumping these little dump-offs where he just finds dudes. He's just like, mm, here, take it. There you go. Like, easy shit for him. He looks like all his acne's gone. Everything, he looks yeah, fucking he, fantastic, He's a man, man. dude. He is basically an elite right now drinking that baby blood because he looks good and he couldn't miss a shot a lot of those shots dude were they just were really difficult tough. shots they were tough, and it was man. his night for sure it was a high degree of difficulty and i definitely think that you know the suns to to their credit and to dev booker's credit primarily uh they did a great job keeping themselves in this game but again when you're hitting those crazy shots it's like there's, there's just nothing you can do but you know i, I think no. we should start with the performance of devin booker Big Dick Booker. I mean, homeboy's back is going to be killing him on that plane ride home from from Salt Lake City. 16 of 31 shooting. He was two of nine from beyond the arc, especially in that fourth quarter. He threw up a couple threes that were uh, just kind of possession killers, and, and they didn't go in. But 49 points, 10 assists, eight rebounds for Devin Booker. He only had one turnover in this game. We, he, I mean, he was just masterful. And and what I noticed as I was watching this game early on, again, the, the Suns came out and it's like, it's not like they got punched in the face. It's like someone like punched them in the face. And while they were going to grab like their nose because it hurt, somebody like sack tapped them. And that's like what the entire team looked like. They're just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, shit, what the, f-? you know, they didn't know what to feel. And Devin yeah, yeah. Booker looked like a guy who's like, you know, when somebody goes to sack tap you and they miss and you give them that look like, dude, fucking A, grow up. 
and B, don't touch my wang. Like that's what Devin Booker's, that's the look he had in his mm. face is he was like locked in dead serious. And I tweeted it out early and it's fun. It's funny. Cause it almost came true. I'm like, here we go. Devin Booker's going to pull a Stephen Curry. He's going to put up 50 points in a loss. I was off by one point. You, yeah. You were off by one point and yeah, the sack tap thing, you just got to suck it in in time, you know, you got to whoop and whoop. then it's, yeah. <laughs> they miss every time. Um, Booker though he just wanted to kill these guys like there was some there was a certain look in him where he was just on fire in this game but the thing is like I always get nervous still where you know they're down by like almost 20 points in the first quarter mm-hmm. I'm like dude don't start chucking threes and they didn't like Booker really led that offense to the free throw line like he was a what was he 11 11 from the free throw line but he made sure to get to the free throw line like he was drawing contact a lot of the guys on the team were doing that including Cameron Payne in the second quarter but Booker started that they weren't like all their shots were in the paint, dude. What were they? Oh, really quick in the first quarter, they were actually twenty to twenty to ten points in the paint. So, like, if you're down by that much, you would think like, hey, let's let's get these threes, right? Any team would just kind of like have that three point contest where it's just like we got to get this game close. Um, let's freak out. But the Suns yeah. didn't. They they just nope. played they played their game. I think Booker did such a good job that it just shows his maturity where he was just so calm. And he just, the rest of them kind of felt that from him, I feel like, just calm. I mean, DA maybe a little bit too much, but just like chill out and like we're going to get back into this game. And they did. They played their game. They got back in. But it started with Book, man, 39 points going into the fourth. And that yeah. is such a good game. But this is crazy because I think the thing that is nuts is Steph, Steph Curry from last game got 50 points, right? Mm-hmm. Book is so close to getting those extra shots where you're just like oh my fucking god like you oh, know yeah. like steph curry where he just hits those shots like the fifth one in a row you're like yeah are you fucking kidding me books close to that but he can never get that one like he hit two to end the third two threes tie ball and then, game and then he had and that like the, wide open jumper and it's the, just like the, and he misses nope. that one and that's always the one he like fucking what great. He game. but i'm just saying that's a shot that's like different from him and like a steph curry's because curry hits those i'm not saying like fuck you book or anything like that it's like yeah. great game but I'm just saying, like, that is what everyone is so, like, offensive best offensive player ever, Steph Curry, because he always hits those. Yes. And always comes so close, and you're like, he's going to miss this. And, oh, he's tired going into the fourth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then he comes back, and he can't really hit a shot. But then he struggles to almost get 50, and then they still lose. Like, he's just, he's so close to being that guy. Kind of like a Steph, but never be as good of a shooter, but just to get on those little well, no fire Well, no one will. Yeah, yeah no he, one no, those, will. Th- those heat checks, you know I mean? Yeah. The way that... that Steph Curry and we, you know, we had a front row seat to it. And like you said on the last pod, like it's fun to sit back and watch a great Steph game, knowing that you're going to beat him because it's just, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, art form yeah. is what it is. It's seeing the way that he makes those things. And you're right. Like Devin Booker, the challenge that he had is he was so gassed going into that fourth. Like he played the entire third. He played the first three minutes of the fourth. Monty Williams finally pulled him off, pulled him out. Cause he was gassed in the fourth dude. Like his jumper, uh, the legs weren't there anymore on defense. He slacked off on a couple defensive sets because he's just gassed. So he pulled him out of the game. And then uh, Cameron Payne goes out and scores a quick five points. And then uh, Damian Lee does. I, I think I think he hit the three. And then Booker was right back in. I mean, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. still waiting for NBA.com to finalize their the scorebook. They still don't have it done for some reason. Uh, but I, I'd be interested to see what his second half minutes are because it must be. You know, of the of the twenty four minutes, Booker must have played like twenty three of them. You know, I mean, he did everything and gave everything he could for this team to try to get them a victory tonight. And like, that's that's what sucks is you wasted. It was just like last game, right? Like we we wait wasted a really good Tory Craig game, and we did it again tonight. By the way, Tory Craig had another amazing game tonight. We'll talk about him momentarily. Yeah. But but you waste those games and losses, and that's the frustrating mm-hmm. thing. When you when Tory Craig has a great game and Dev Booker has a forty nine point game, like you want those to be the dubs, and unfortunately, it just didn't happen tonight. Yeah, I mean, you kind of feel bad because he is so exhausted, and the rest of the team is too. Because I feel like a lot of them just played super hard out there because mm-hmm. you have to, especially when the Jazz are just making every shot and every goddamn into the three. rim. Getting into the rim was really easy, so I think a lot of it was Booker's defense was like really almost a plus two, where he had to try on that end trying to grab rebounds, all of that. Like, he was just everywhere. So putting that in effort, and like, yeah, I think he was only out for like one minute in the fourth. Yeah. And then he came right back in. And I didn't mind him going into the fourth. It's fine, because I feel like kind of keep that momentum a little bit. 100%. But then it was just like, you saw how tired he was and how it was hurting the team. 
and then he came out and then the team kind of got back in the game and then he came back in. So I kind of like that. It's just, he was hurting the team a little bit because he was just so exhausted. Yeah. And again, it's because you didn't know if anybody could step up in his stead. And that's the challenge is, you know, Mm -hmm. but Cameron Payne showed that he could Deandre started to show that he could uh, in that second half. Andre Ayton this evening, uh, a, a tale of two halves. He was 7 of 12 yeah. from the field. Uh, he had 10 boards, 5 on each uh, on each side, 5 offensive, 5 defensive. Had 8 assists, a career high 8 assists, mind you, and 17 points. So 17, 10, and 8 for DA. Uh, three blocks in this game, too. And it was really interesting because I was pretty frustrated with his performance in the first half. I feel like it was kind of the typical narrative that you and I have been talking about relative to DeAndre Ayton, where there's not a lot of engagement. There's not a lot of rolling hard to the rim on the offensive or defensive end, not actively seeking out opportunities to try to get rebounds for the team on either end. And and it was really hurting the Suns in the first half because the – the jazz were, they were doing that. They were attacking the rim. They were trying to get those second chance points uh, and they were being successful at it. I mean, you take a look and, and they outscored the Phoenix suns in second chance points in the first half because, you know, DA wasn't boxing out. His position was really bad. And I, mm-hmm. and I was having kind of, you know, again, I, I was in a text thread with uh, the fan in the flames guys. And I was like, dude, fuck DA, man. Like I'm, I'm getting pissed again, you know? And then the second half came and he just completely flipped the script. And, it's, you know, the, the the way that he was attacking on offense, there was a play where he went in there and he actually, like, with Kelly Olenek on him, he just kind of, like, he pushed him out of the way. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> oh. fucking push him out of the way. Oh, you can do that. that. Easy. Yeah. That. You know, and 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 now your, your, your floating jumper that you like to take that you're normally taking from six feet, it's two feet away. And he's blocking motherfuckers and he's running, he's sprinting, he's getting those, those dunks in transition. It's like everything that we wanted from DA we saw in that second half. And I thought it was highly impressive. And again, you know, it gives me hope, Matthew, it gives me hope. Yeah. I don't know really um, where to start. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I have to take my glasses off for this one. I just, (laughs) (laughs) that little anything. I love how you brought that up because that was the one play where I'm like, dude, if you do this in the first half, you're an issue, you're a problem. You're a total problem. Yeah. The rebounding in the first half. Oh my God. There was just, there was a shot of Chris Paul and how he just looks so sad and just the pain in his eyes. Like it was a tweet I sent out yeah, yeah. where he's just looking on and basically he's like, are you fucking like Aiden is posing on closing out on the perimeter while he can get back and grab a rebound. He's standing there. Yeah. You saw book good. On like he's a guard. A yeah. It's like he just shot a three to win a game and he's posing, but he's posing on a closeout. He did that over and over again where he would just stand by the perimeter. He does that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like the offense in the first quarter. It was it was kind of nice just to have Aiden out of the way. It's just like let's just to get back into the game. Let's just play our game. Um, kind of just ignore him in a little bit. You know, he didn't get his touches, which is fine. He'll get him eventually. Um, but he was just standing there a lot and watching again. Then in the second half, man, he started to run the floor more. He started actually uh on fast breaks. He had the two fast break dunks, which were yeah. which are awesome. You always want your big man because he's a big man that can run and he can do mm-hmm. that. He can get out and he can definitely just sneak by people and hit in those lanes. Uh defensively though, dude, he had those big blocks towards the end. Massive. The thing is, the thing is like if he plays this way and he is he is just this good defensively and he's this good offensively where he backs down a dude, gets closer to the rim. He doesn't have to take those long ass jump hooks then this game is an, is a win. It's not an easy win. Mm-hmm. It's just a win. It, it slows down the game. It just means more because these guys are like busting their ass out there all game long. Juice, busting his ass. Mikhail Bridges, whatever you guys want to say defensively, I don't give a fuck. He was playing hard. Like yeah. when you see DA out there not giving a shit, I don't care how he thinks he looks and how he thinks he feels. When you watch him and he's not giving a shit, that is the worst part because you're playing a Utah team that wants to beat you. This is a sellout crowd Friday night. And the Suns are there. Utah wants to kick their ass. You mm-hmm. guys got to come out and punch them. And DA was just miserable out there to watch. It was, if it wasn't for the second half, I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, this dude just knows he's going to, like, in a month get traded or whatever. And that's what I was just thinking the whole time in the first half, dude. It was so annoying to watch him. I hated it. Well, and, you know, like Jeff F says in the in the chat, he says, DA had no touches in the first half. It was criminal. He did have touches. I'm he had not. he had what six assists in the first half, five assists. So I he just, was, I'm he, done doing this. He he he, he was he was pass he was passing out of them. 
you know, effectively too, because the guys were knocking him down. So, you know, they were, they were trying to run some offense through him. And again, passive DA, not having that aggression, he's going to pass out of it. And, you know, tonight his teammates helped him out by hitting some of those shots exactly. in, the sec- yeah. in, the, in the second half. He, again, something happened at halftime. Devin Booker was, you know, so coach Evan B, our good friend from the he's on fires podcast. Uh, he was actually at the game cause he lives locally in Salt oh, Lake yeah. city. Okay. And cool. one of the things I saw him tweet out, is he goes, you know, during the first half, he's like, after every defensive play, the team is yelling at DA because his position in the first half defensively was just piss poor. The effort wasn't there. He was watching the ball. He wasn't attacking the ball. But again, in the second half, you saw that shift and you saw him attack the ball. You saw him try to find positioning. You saw him again, take that, take, take the ball to Kelly Olenek and entering this game as, as I wrote the preview for this game, that was one of my concerns was Kelly Olenek is one of those guys who is high energy, right? He's like a roided out horse faced looking Lou Onmanson. And those guys can give DA a problem because DA likes to stand and watch there. While you're standing and watching, they're getting under you. They're grabbing the rebounds. And had Kelly Olenek not had such uh, foul trouble, he probably would have had a higher rebound total than he ultimately had in this game. But again, he was in foul trouble. A lot of um, the the Jazz were in foul trouble. I mean, Mike Connolly, Kelly Olenek both had five. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, who went for six points but had 11 boards and eight assists, uh, he he actually fouled out in this game. But they were a lot of guys, and that's who this Jazz team is, is they're a high-energy, very active team at all times. Whereas the Suns, as we've mentioned before, on these games in the road, for some reason, it's like they're just waiting for to get sack-tapped a couple times before they finally kind of like wake up and be like, okay, let's start playing basketball. And Devin Booker's going to be like, come on, guys, come follow me. This is what energy's like. And like, I don't know what the team needs to do on the road, but like whoever the equipment manager is or whoever's in charge of beverages, like just start giving these guys some yeah. fucking Red Bulls like 30 minutes before the game. And all of a sudden they'll come out and have that and they'll match the energy of the opposition. Well, the thing is like in the beginning of the game when the – the Utah Jazz are hitting those shots. Like the closeouts on the threes, there was no one there contesting. And like DA didn't start contesting on the perimeter until the second half, really. He didn't start coming out until maybe after the first time out. It was either first time out or the second half. I remember like he was doing, it was the first time out. Excuse me, that's way mm-hmm. too far ahead. Then he started actually playing some perimeter defense. So they did come out. They were just kind of just like whatever. And Utah was just knocking everything down. Uh, back to DA a little bit, just like there's certain layups too where he's by the rim and he's doing the kindergarten layups and he gets blocked from behind. Yeah, where those are like, hey guys, I'm gonna come he, up with he does the, the two handed the two handed yeah. layups. It's like, uh, what do you like? Just dunk it like you're right there, obviously, or but, go up with one hand with the ball yeah, and the other yeah. one right here to protect anyone coming in so you can fend them off. Yeah, and there's only like one play he has too that's unlocked. So in 2K, if he's a player, you only have one player or one kind of like unlocked move it's kind of like uh it's kind of like just like a back down really quick and then just turn to one side and do a jump hook or else do like a fadeaway shot that's all he has yeah he doesn't like there's times where he gets the ball and he does get possessed he does touch the ball when he gets it and he has room on one side to either roll or do a spin or something he doesn't do it he goes like the opposite way like he needs a feel where the defense is mm-hmm. and he never does like but you I have was- to be physical to do that right yeah, you do. But the thing is, like, everyone's talking about John Collins. We're not going to probably get him. No, but I was no, just no. watching highlights because I'm like, oh, let me just see, like, how he was last year because I didn't really see how he was playing. Like, you can even see him, like, on a lot of plays where he gets the ball, he feels, like, where the defense is and isn't. He'll roll to that side, like, quick, quick dunk. A yeah. lot of these guys that are defending down there, they're not quick. Exactly. And I think DA is if he had something in him to where he's like, all right, if I turn this way, there's going to be some room there to do something. He just doesn't do that. And he never will. So I think that's such a great observation. It really is because he is quicker. He is more athletic than the majority of these like big hog mollies down there in the paint. Yeah. For some reason, you know, he thinks that he's going against somebody who's got the quickness of a Jordan Clarkson or a Dane Lillard or somebody who's just like insanely fast and is going to steal the ball for him. So he, when he gets the ball, the first thing he does is turn and jump hook. And like he, as mm-hmm. he's turning, that's when he's looking at the rim for the first time and trying to key it up. Where it's like, if you do a couple back downs and like you said, feel the defender, and that's what he did on, on that one play against Olenek. He got the ball, he bounced once, he felt him out, and he's like, okay, when I when when I put my shoulder kind of into his chest, mm-hmm. guess what he did. He moved backward. He moved. He can't stop him. I can go back up again <laughs> with his quickness, and it was an yeah. easy. Play. And it was just like, it's it sucks so bad. There's like one play, and you're like, that's it. That's all you have to fucking do. And we still do this shit, dude. It'd be 26 points a game if you did that. 
you yeah. have, you can you you're you're this close, dude. You're his this stats, close. And I'm not even a stats guy and his stats and I, he almost had a triple double, but yeah. I don't even like I don't even care. Like if he would have played the way he played in the second half all game, and like he just came out with twelve and six, let's just say twelve and six because he couldn't grab the boards, but he was helping on the boards. Just twelve and six, but the hustle, everything he was doing, like it looked good. It was nice. I loved it. I don't care about the stats because he could have the twenty four tonight if he were just backing down. And Olenek flops all the time, man. Oh, that yeah. guy just—he's a flopper. You can push yeah. him around. Yeah, he's—you know—he's a guy who, again, he's a horse faced. Uh, <laughs> oh, whoa, he looks like he has a, a the face. Yeah, everyone horse. looks like an animal. I'm a turtle. I don't know what you—I forget. <laughs> uh, a bat. I'm supposed to be a bat, which I don't really. No, that's agree with. okay. I think we do this all the time. <laughs> Am I bat? No, I'm a hamster. Yeah, you're a hamster. Yeah, there you I, go. I, I, I think. Do you know uh do you know what DeAndre Ayton's animal is? Sloth. It doesn't matter. Oh. It's been a while. What's up? <laughs> in this game. Uh <laughs> points, six rebounds, two assists, a steal. Just looked really good again out there. I think that you know the way that he played in, in like three or four games, like he's really to solidify himself in my heart as i mentioned before uh but he's just he's been playing so stellar as of late and i just you know again shout out to the juice the juice is loose he gets those boards because a lot of what's happened is deandre and he's out of position so and tory craig's realizing he's like shit there's a huge opportunity here to go grab some boards because he ain't gonna grab them all the time yeah and i think i get confused because the way juice is playing down there i think it's da sometimes i'm like is he as is he as big as da because the way he grabs those boards are. and stuff, I'm like, yeah, his shoulders are. I'm like, wait, it's, oh, that's not DA. It's it's Juice. He's just like in there. He's just always in the right spot. He's always there. I'm trying to think of like a new nickname, kind of just like, I don't even, so, I know I love Juice, but I'm just saying God like something on the court. Everywhere. Yeah. He, <laughs> the Holy Trinity, dude. He is seriously everywhere on the court. And those rebounds though, are something else. But those threes, man, like it's just automatic. Like he even stepped into one like head on towards the rim and it went in like you know what i mean he took one where he was covered and it was like a step back three for a buzzer beater at the shot clock violation Mm -hmm. or 24 seconds shot clock and i thought it was gonna go in like i'm that confident in him shooting it so he can basically do a lot out there um i don't think he's really still a starting power forward obviously but yeah that's he's on yeah but right now yeah and you know that's what sucks so bad because if cam johnson was here juice is coming (laughs) off the second team and he could be that person who's filling that role. But you take a look yeah. at how he played tonight. He was three of five from beyond the arc. The rest of the team was six of 25. I mean, yeah. Juice was the only guy who was stroking the three ball. He should have shot it four more times, man. Could have greatly, greatly assisted this team tonight. You know, he was the, uh, it went Booker with 49, Campaign and DA both had 17, and then he had 16. You know, it's like, you're getting that from Tory Craig. Again, those are bonus points in my opinion. He is your fifth option on offense as a starter and he's getting you 16 points, you got to take advantage of those. Yeah. And also the play he made where he forced, it was like four jazz defenders going for the board. Juice comes in there, has no chance to get the board, but goes in there and tips the ball. But then it goes off a jazz player, goes out of bounds, the sun's ball again. So it's basically an offensive rebound. Booker gets the ball hits or misses the three, but gets fouled. So it's three points. Yeah. And that helped us really even make it a game towards the end yeah. plays like that. That's where we get fresh with DA because DA will still just stand out there. If he were to go in there and just fucking push some guys around, not foul them, but get in there like a mosh pit, do something. It helps extend the play maybe. And that's what juice does. Well, those are the hustle plays, right? I mean, yeah. those, you need those guys who, who create, you know, campaigns, one of those guys who just, mm-hmm. he creates more opportunities for you because he hustles. I'll tell you what was this the probably the most annoying play of the game was that like triple offensive rebound where they couldn't put in a fucking layup and you go down on the oh. other end and it's just like a dunk by marketing. You're like, oh cool. That's the yeah. and that but like right there. I'm like, I I, I think I, I wrote it in the in the recap. I'm like, it's just one of those nights. It's just one of those nights. Yeah. Nothing's gonna go right for the Phoenix Suns. You know, again, if, you know, if you're joining the podcast, you can tell we in the same thing of the world for the Phoenix Suns. Right, it's the fifteenth game of the season, or whatever. We got a shit ton more to go. It's nice to pick up these W's, uh, but ultimately, you know, some nights in the NBA, it's just not your night. And tonight, it just it wasn't one of those nights. And again, when you have people like Tory Craig playing the way that he did, and you lose it, it's just like, ah, oh, man, it kind of sucks. It just kind of sucks. I know. You know, yeah. Booker wants it so much. Oh, I know. Well, you could see with his effort. Uh, Kiko says, 
put a rank of Olenek on most punchable face, where would you put him on your most punchable face? I don't think he's the most. Hey, hey, zero. He's like, you know, is the most punchable face on the Jazz, and I'm sure he answered that. But I'll, I'll, in my opinion, Kelly Olenek isn't even the best one on on the team. I'm trying to think, who is? It's not Clarkson. It's um, it it's might Clarkson be Clarkson. For me. Is Clarkson it Clarkson? Yeah. The only reason I didn't say Clarkson is because I didn't think it was because the Suns. A lot of Suns fans want him. They want him on this team. So I wasn't. I wasn't thinking. Yeah, that I'm not he would the be. biggest. I'm not the biggest Clarkson guy. I'm really okay. not. He you looked know? really good tonight, though, right? He, he that has big shot, he, that turnaround he has shot. moments. Yeah, that turnaround shot he's was a nice. Moment guy. The the issue I have with Clarkson is he's kind of a black hole, in my opinion. He's a great. He's a great second team guy because mm-hmm. of that reason. Because you can be a black hole on offense and be successful, but he reminds me kind of of Kelly Oubre. You know, he gets the ball, you know, like, okay, I'm going to dish it over to Clarkson. That's the last time anyone on this possession seen it other than Jordan Clarkson. And there's nothing (laughs) wrong with that. You know, I mean, you take a look. He had 20 points tonight. You know, he wasn't horrible. He was uh, 8 of 16 from the field, 2 of 6 from beyond the arc. He had 3 assists, 2 rebounds, you know, a turnover. So nothing nothing crazy, but he's just one of those players who's like, you know, it sucks because I don't want to say him like, well, I don't know if he's a player who really contributes to winning basketball because he's played for the Jazz. He's gone to uh, multiple playoff trips. And this is a team that's surprising everyone now with their 11 and six record. So, I mean, that would be a false statement to say that. I just I don't know if it meshes with kind of the what Phoenix has, in my opinion. No, I think because of everything that we can get, that would be disappointing now if we were to bring in Clarkson. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's there's bigger fish out there for the Phoenix Suns to kind of capture yeah. uh, other than Jordan Clarkson. But Kelly Olenek, I wouldn't necessarily, he has a punchable face. He's the kind of guy I'd like to trip. You know, like so you he's trip the, him. Yeah, he's the kind of guy like you walk behind him and you're just like, fuck this guy. And you like, you kick the back of his foot right as he's walking and he gets the other one. He you step on the back down. of his, his, uh, his shoe and the shoe no, comes no, no, off. No, 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 oh. no. You don't give him a flat tire. He's not a flat tire okay. giver. Is that a flat you tire? Just, you, you kick his shoe. And, Right as he's stepping, and then it makes it yeah. makes you cross over and you trip over yourself. Yeah, if you got if you got uh, little brothers, that's what you do to him. You, just, you, know, <laughs> just, you know, I was like, I don't yeah, think I've ever done that to anybody. Jeff F is uh, Olenek is the kind of guy you push downstairs. Okay, well, first is he in a wheelchair first before you pull, push him down the stairs? No, that's what something? happens afterwards. That's what happens. Oh, afterwards. afterwards. Okay. Yeah, you gotta. Well, I guess if you're in a wheelchair, you're not upstairs. So, <laughs> I mean, unless there's you, an elevator, well, you might be. I mean, I don't know. We're, we're, we're going off the rails. Here comes the pain. As mentioned before, 17 points by Cameron Payne, 6 of 12 from the field. He had five assists, three steals in this game. Again, another guy who brought high energy. Uh, he was part of that third quarter in which the Phoenix Suns and Monty Williams kept the starters in until the four-minute mark. When Cameron Payne got his fourth foul, that's when he finally took the starters out. They played eight minutes in an effort to try to uh, come back against the Utah Jazz. And, you know, ultimately the the Suns did outscore the Jazz 39 to 33 in that uh, in that period. But, you know, Cameron Payne, again, is getting the start because Chris Paul is still out. Are you worried at all about Chris Paul being out or and and or are you worried all at all about the performances that campaign has been giving us? No, I think campaign's been awesome. I don't. Hell yeah, yes. I mean, even if he were to have a shitty game next game and then like a mediocre the next, I feel like we're getting so much out of these bench players where it's like it's more than we expected. I feel like for them to come in and fill those shoes. Yeah. And even if even if Chris Paul comes back, this team's not championship contenders to status. Even with Cameron Johnson, I think of it in that way. I'm like, even if we get these guys back, I don't know if we can go on a championship run. I think we can get kind of decently far in the playoffs, maybe second round or something, but I just, I don't feel it with this team yet. So if you're just talking about right now, it's like, all right, well, if you get Chris Paul back, we're going to get some more wins in the season. Yeah, we will. We would probably would have won this game if we had had Chris Paul, obviously. Um, He's still, I just think that valuable. I think that Chris Paul really gets a bad rap of being just so old, but he's, I still think he's He's makes such a big difference on this team. Yeah. Old balls. (laughs) Uh, sorry. Well, I, the yeah. thing that's great for Cameron Payne and Tori Craig right now is the reps that they're getting because ultimately they're going to have an opportunity at the back end of the season where their confidence, in theory, should be sky high, and they're really going to perform well for this team because they're getting a lot of this playing time and they're taking advantage of it. You know, it's one thing to go out there like campaign last year when he when he filled in for those Chris Paul minutes when he was out and uh, with uh, was it the wrist injury 
or the thumb injury. I forget what the injury was, but it was something hand related. And he played really bad, you know, and ultimately it hurt his confidence. And then you go into the playoffs and you start guessing yourself. And next thing you know, you're, you know, you're losing at home in game seven, where I think the minutes that he put forth tonight were again, solid minutes. He really picked up the pace, you know, and he helped that team get back in. Once Devin Booker was out of the game, he's like, all right, I'm taking over real quick. And he, that's exactly what he did is he, he straight up just took over the game. Uh, did a really good job of keeping this team engaged, moving the ball around, getting it popping, you know, five assists, well done by campaign. So between him and Torrey Craig, I think these minutes have been unbelievably valuable. Uh, I just, you know, it, it'd be nice to get some of those old balls back out on the court. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And there is actually, so we are missing, uh, Melissa Martin to say, does anybody know if Shaman is okay? Yeah. He got pushed down the Man, stairs. He got pushed and he's, <laughs> now he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> wheelchair. I think he's in a wheelchair in a dark corner somewhere. <laughs> I ready for a trade concussion protocol. Right I mean, I, I don't really know this what happened. Man? Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's it only been like two games, two or three games. It might've been Kelly. Olenek kicked him. In, Kelly Olenek. Yes. Horse face. Kelly Olenek kicked him in the head. See what happens if you walk behind Kelly Olenek and you go to kick him in the foot and you yeah. miss, he kicks you, but he kicks back like a donkey. You try to change his shoe. Then it kicks you. Yeah. Then bam. <laughs> yeah. You don't try to change his shoe, you know? Uh, bees this part of this podcast went dark real quick what was yeah. dark? i don't know just kicking kelly and dark in the corner head. i'll tell you what wasn't stuff. dark though was the performance of this guy the sarge smoke break dude matthew without looking at the statistics what? did you look at oh, the stats too late. Too uh, late, yeah i was gonna say how many rebounds did he have tonight <laughs> it's he had six he had six yep. rebounds and <laughs> sure and did. And that big booty hit the floor, and I was like, let the booty hit the floor. Let the <laughs> booty hit the floor. Like, Dario was out there giving us some some really quality minutes there for a couple runs in this game. And it was just uh, – it, it was nice to see him. I, I didn't realize he had grabbed six fucking rebounds. Jesus Christ. He needs yeah, he a, had the... He needs to give a master class on how to position that big ass down in the lane for DA. Oh, yeah. Sign right up. You know, uh, Gilbert Community College. I think they actually had that four-credit class. So. Yeah, four, four <laughs> credits, though. It's, four I mean, credits. You, have to, you have to earn that mofo. You only have to show up once. <laughs> it doesn't take that long to learn. Um, so the thing is, I didn't even know he was in the game until he made that cut to the basket from Book, and Book finds him on that little layup, and then he draws a foul, and he falls on his ass. So, yeah, for the and one. Um, where is um, Bismack, though? Like, I, don't I don't understand. What, does Monty only play Bismack when he wants, like, okay, come in and get two blocks in two minutes, and then you're out of here? I feel like that's the only time we see Bismack. So well, I don't. When I saw I Sarge, think I was thinking about doing. I think what he's doing right now is at the front end of the season with Dario Sarge. He felt he probably wasn't ready from a conditioning standpoint, even though he played over in the Euro League. He wasn't ready in NBA conditioning, so we saw a little bit more of Busy. And now he's kind of at this point right now where he's going to give some, Dario a few more of these opportunities to assist in kind of his conditioning. Knowing that, again, this is game 15 of the season, and Bismack has shown that I can bring him in at any point, and I'm going to go ahead and, and, like you said, five minutes, three blocks, two rebounds, it's a good day for for Busy. So he's going to kind of deploy them at will. When you look at the way that the Utah Jazz play, uh, I think that he felt like he had some sort of advantage, despite the fact that this is a very tall team, right? They have Kessler. Kessler's like a six-footer, right? So at times they had Kessler out there with marketing with Olenek, so, you know, it's kind of this twin tower thing or, or, or three towers. Why does no one do that? Why is there, why is there always twin towers? Why can't somebody have like three towers? I got to see that somewhere. They probably have that in Dubai or some shit. But anyways, it's like in that situation, you're going to go with the, the quickness of Dario Saric over the stiffness that is Bismack Biombo, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough call. And when he comes in, it's like I'm excited. But also, I just like it when he plays with, with uh, Jock. I think he and Jock just grabbing the boards and like, you don't want to mess with those two. If you come down there and the ball's fumbling around and you see Jock and Saric, I'll get the fuck out of there, dude. Yeah, like, those guys too. are nuts trying to grab that ball. Like there's a few times down there where they show like a close, a close up of them trying to grab the boards. It's like, ah. Quick, not even a slow-mo. I'm like, dude, it's like a running back running through like the middle lineman. Like it's like insanely just constipated down there, but they find a way to get the ball. I don't know what's going on down there, but yeah, it's, it's I don't even it's explain big, it right. <laughs> it's a big mess, though. It's like a hornet's nest down there, and you go and it get is. stung by one of those guys. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I just it's interesting. You're right that we haven't seen busy, but you know, again, we're, as Monty navigates the season, he's trying to pull all the right levers at the right time. And the and again, you, you're not going to play everybody every night, so it'll be interesting to see when busy comes back. But you know what? I'm okay with him. I'm okay with him out there uh, playing Dario Saric. 
what do you think of uh, what do you think of that lady ref, man? I mean, there was two lady refs in this game, but there yeah. was that one who was fucking horrible, man. She was yeah, bad. The, the one who was on was like really the bad. who was on like the north side of the TV. Yep, you know, like Josh Akogi, uh, who a couple shout out to a couple jamsters. You gave me some ideas. You DM me on Twitter at Darth Voida. Gave me some ideas for Josh Akogi. So when the time permits, I'll I'll maybe put together a Josh Akogi drop. Just perhaps, unless you guys don't like the drops, maybe we'll just stop the drops altogether. Just fucking you know? stop, dude. Let's yeah. have twenty minute pods. Yeah. What's the point of doing this hour long shit? I no one no shows idea. up. No one's in, <laughs> unless they're clicking the like button, which I don't even know how many people have even clicked the like button. Matthew, any idea? I don't know. Yeah. Have you have you subscribed yet? Have you know. not subscribed? I, I've subscribed. Have you subscribed? Nope. <laughs> I'm not asking you. I'm asking pod. you. You oh, watching nope. the pod right now? Have you subscribed? <laughs> Help us out, guy. Do it, Poor girl. You got a big family? Spread Are, the word. Yeah, let all your family know. Thanksgiving's upcoming. Okay. Yeah. Let your family cousin, know to yeah. subscribe to the Sun Jam Session podcast. <laughs> that was going to be a great po- promo that you could have snipped. <laughs> it's like marry your cousin in the background. I don't think it's- <laughs> my Damn voice it. cracked too. Damn. Damn it was it. even more. <laughs> um, Kiko says, any any drop for delivery? Um, yeah. yeah, he's got one. It's not delivery, though. It's- Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damien. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. He's my friend, Damien. He looked good. He, 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 I, I don't know. I, how many points did he have? Did he just have that three? No, he had six. Six, six but threes, three, three of those points were the only points that put the Suns ahead for like 10 seconds. It was great. Those were great 10 seconds. <laughs> Thank you, so says Jay in the chat. He says, I'm going to say that during Thanksgiving prayer this year. Bless us, Father, for this food that we're about to eat with our family. And make sure that you all subscribe to the Sun's Jam Session podcast <laughs> on YouTube. Do it on YouTube and do it on all the platforms, right? See what I did there? <laughs> yeah. Platforms. Yeah. So um, the only thing with Lee is uh, he's funny because I feel like he is just always ready for a technical. He'll be in the game for like two minutes. And yeah. He he's throw like- his arms up over the littlest things. And he'll go right to the ref. I swear he's going to end. The- I think he might end the the. The season maybe top three in technicals, and he won't no. even get like top five in minutes. Yeah, in minutes? I swear. <laughs> well, well, well as... technicals per minute played. Yeah, I can see that ratio. Yeah, it's like a per thirty six, I... but for technicals, your well, favorite. Uh, once it gets a little heated towards the end of the season, I just feel like these games will mean more, and he's gonna get a lot. Then he's just that guy. He's flared up unless he has his baby in his arms at the end of the game, which was so cute with him and Steph Curry. I'm like, oh, how cute. <laughs> I know oh, they're brother-in-laws. I, I just said that. I know. They, they said it like forty times during the broadcast. <laughs> yeah. It's rather kind of annoying. What other notes you got before I go to subreddit stakeout? I was writing the Ooh. recap the whole time, so I didn't take notes. Oh, you didn't take notes? Uh, let me see. So uh, only one see. man, dude. Let's see. So people were talking about Bridges. I thought Bridges had a little bit of a difference, or he was a difference maker in this game for sure. I think in the first quarter. The award. Proceed. So you see, you see it a lot where he can actually he can change a game pretty quickly. Like he had like the four points really quick in the in the first quarter. Or I'm sorry, he actually he had a block that led to a score. I forget who scored that one, but then the next one he got a steal. Next possession he got the steal and he went down mm-hmm. and dunked it. Yeah, you always see that from him. You always see that, and that always gets the team back in the game. That's huge, and those things that he can do. His defense is okay. I don't. The thing is, I'm not even going to talk about his defense anymore because he does come through at the end with big blocks. Um, when is needed him and da did that tonight and uh offensively he's still hitting the threes so i just think it's that's it don't you wish like <laughs> him and da would adopt some sort of like defensive identity that they would embrace they're falling apart together together they're having a hard time i've never seen this because da even last game was yelling at mikhail and yeah. then they're all yelling at uh da today but they're having a hard time figuring things out because guys are getting to the rim with like no oh, one yeah. down there. Oh How yeah. How is They're, that possible? Yeah, you know, it's just like the switching that's happening. The the communication just isn't there. And like you said, next thing you know, they're dunking. They're both looking at each other like, no, it's like the Spider Man meme. You know, they're like, no, you, yeah, no, you. Yeah. Like, and it's interesting because again, these are guys that have played together, you know, for the past three seasons, right? One so, thinks they're getting traded well, though. One must be getting traded or something. Yeah, but that's that's not going to affect them in like the third quarter in Utah. You know, like it's it's more of. I think that the Phoenix Suns, because of who they are and the continuity that they've had as a team with these players being starters together for the past three, four seasons, is 
you know, scouting departments know some of their tendencies now. They're still they're they're finding some opportunities, yeah. not consistently, but for possessions at a time. You know, where they figured out if we run this set visually, we can run this set, we can run the set again, and then the next time we run it, because of the tendencies of these players on defense, we can do it. You know, it's like it's like when Mikhail Bridges does that. You know, fake. I'm going to post, and then I'm just going to slip to the basket, and it's a it's an, a dunk for him kind of play. Yeah, defenses are kind of doing the same thing every now and then to to them. It's just it's glaring to us as Suns fans because we see it all the time. We see how effective they can both be on defense. So when they have that lack of effectiveness, and they're both kind of standing there looking at each other, you and I start looking at each other on this podcast and go, "What the fuck happened, Matthew?" We just look at each other, don't say anything. Yeah, we just, and everyone, gla- we just have a glass eye about it. You know, Everyone is bringing up Jay now. It's so funny. After last game, when we killed the Warriors, it's all about, oh, Jay, you know, yeah, sitting there Jay in his who? room. Now Jay's sitting like, in his room Jay. being pissed off. But now it's like we need him. So we got to move past that. This team just has to be better defensively, and a lot of it is just communication. And the one 100%. guy, it depends which personality he has out there, is DA. So you just have to focus him and him and Cam, or him and uh, Mikhail. And also... um uh juice too like they were so entangled and there was one time juice got really upset at washington jr down there because of switching it's just a lot of the switching like you said is huge but juice is doing it too sometimes up at the perimeter so Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on defensively where they got to figure that out because this team was too quick for them it's really insane to say that that's a big thing that's a good observation it's probably the biggest reason why this team you know one they got in that big deficit earlier but jared vanderbilt was too quick for him tonight he just was he was getting to everything uh, Jordan Clarkson, Herky Jerky could be too quick for him. Kelly Olenek was being too quick for DA at some points. And then Laurie Markkinen was as well. I mean, how many layups did we give up to Laurie Markkinen tonight on switches where, you know, they switched on to DA and DA was just a step behind. I mean, it was just over and over, 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 again. over and over, over and over. Roger, Roger, Roger. The sun's jam session subreddit stakeout. So there I was, hanging out in Utah Jazzland, if you will. The Jazz subreddit on Reddit. So their first observation, and this is one I wanted to talk about with you. The Suns jerseys are weird next to our purples. It was kind of hard to see tonight. Am I wrong or am I right on that? No, you're totally right. I got confused a few times of who I was rooting for. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Yeah, I'm serious. Like, if I were like writing notes, I'd look back up and there was like a fast break or something. And I'm like, oh, 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 it's the Suns. It was small, but I would get confused a little bit just because they got the purple. And what sucks is like we have our 90s and they have their 90s, but they're both purple. So you can't wear them. But it would have made more sense for the Suns to wear the 90s if it was just like the white or maybe the black. Mm -hmm. Well, it reminded me, it was like watching the throwback jerseys for the Arizona Diamondbacks. It was purple and teal out there. And I was just like, it wasn't a good color combination. A lot of people were saying, you know, in the subreddit that the jerseys were too similar. And I think that, you know, again, it really didn't affect the game overall, but the viewing experience was a little frustrating. And I had to watch the game on my laptop. I was streaming it. So I was behind on everything. So as I'm like tweeting things out, I'm getting texts from like uh, Justin. He's like, dude, settle down, man. Like that was I mean, the Suns are only down eight. I'm like, well, I tweeted it when they were down 17. Okay. So, yeah. yeah I'm like, I get it. I'm You're lying. in a group chat and stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. So, so there I was <laughs> on the group chat. Uh, it was fun. Uh, you weren't there. So, uh, yeah, you wouldn't know about it. But, um, <laughs> uh, well, because, you know, they're watching Enchanted 2 or whatever tonight. So I got. Watch that movie all the time. It just came out today. Oh. Yeah. Too. Uh what do you think of those those jazz throwbacks though? It's not bad. Uh it's not bad. It just reminds you of the uh Carl Malone being a pedo a little bit. That's all I think of sometimes. So I mean actually all the time when I see those. So right away. Well, I mean, obviously it takes you back to the uh the 90s. There was just that that run Stocking. of 90s jerseys that were very uh just big. very 90s, yeah, very big, very like the big. Rockets. 3D. The Jazz, the Sonics, you know, when they had the Sonic with the big, you know, the Suns were part of yeah. that era. So I like definitely, them yeah, I liked them too. And I thought it, I thought it was kind of cool. But again, I just thought it was weird. Like tonight could have been a night that they did this. The Suns didn't wear their city edition jerseys and you know what they did. So uh, here, here's one thing that was amazing on the subreddit. 
uh, how much hate that they have for Colin Sexton. All right. Somebody put uh, the we had a 19 point lead, but Sexton threw it away. Sexton is a black hole on offense and a matador on defense. Fucking hell. And you look at it like he had a negative 20 tonight. Okay. He was five of 10, 0 of one from beyond the arc. Uh, he had three fouls, 13 points, one rebound, zero assists. And they were right. And like there was a moment in, in to start the third in which Mike Connolly got his fourth foul. And I was like, hell yeah, bring Sexton back in because he's a guy who just takes off. Right. Like he just, he takes the whole yeah. offense out and he just wants the ball all the time. And that's how he was in Cleveland too. That's why he didn't work, you know, next to uh, Darius Garland because Darius Garland can be a point guard, but like it's having a little Kelly Oubre. Dude, I was excited to see him play because he was coming off the bench. Obviously, first time in his career being the bench player. Mm-hmm. He was, he's leading the team in bench points. Uh, their bench is like scoring what 40 plus points a, a game, which is really good. Uh, so excited to see him, but then I'm like, whoa, this is really shitty play. Like all of a sudden shitty shots, just shitty, just ball bouncing off his leg. Like the Okogi play where Kogi took it away from him. Like that should have been a turnover. You just get yeah. away from, him. but, but then he loses a ball in that situation. Sexton looks like he's in his own world playing out there. He doesn't look like Kelly Oubre. Exactly. It's kind yes. of like, he's just playing his own game. And if he gets hot, then he's excited for himself. Yeah. I can kind of see why a lot of players don't like him. On the court, maybe he's a good guy. He's a Capricorn. Maybe he's a good guy off the court. But How he do you is know that because I look up. I sometimes some nights I will be up for two hours looking at basketball players and their birthdays, trying to guess when they were born, what month. And I didn't know. I just I stumble upon some random dudes like Colin Sexton. So I know he's a Capricorn for sure. Actually, I looked up because no one liked him. And I'm like, is it because he's a Capricorn? It's like, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> They're all assholes, dude. Capricorns are dicks. So, anyway, well, so, so I, says I Jay. Says you can come to the group chat too. No, and Luke Carter says, "Listen, let's start our own group chat." Mm, send me yeah, a pic first. I want to see what that looks like. <laughs> send me a pic first. <laughs> oh my god, that's why you're not in group chats. Uh, <laughs> when De- you remember that moment when Devin Booker it looked like he tweaked his his knee. Um. Yes, he it was bumped. He bumped it right. Yeah, he bumped his knee yeah. with Kelly Olynyk. Yeah. Uh, and somebody on the, the jazz subreddit said, Oh, Booker, come off it, you bullshitter. And then later, somebody said, How the fuck do you stop Booker? And the last comment that I have from the subreddit, Booker reminded me that we may have a lot of really good players, but we don't have any stars. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Yeah, the majority of me looking at their subreddit was them just dogging Derry uh, or uh, what's his face, Colin Saxon. I mean, I it would, was. Holy did you hell. have that go in your head though when you're watching and writing the recap? Were you just thinking like, "Wow, Saxon's like really killing them out there"? Like he was our luck charm out there when he came in. We started yeah. playing really good. Yeah, he was like Clay Thompson for the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, he's just a black hole on offense. You're like, sweet. I know when he gets the ball. Um, he's gonna try to get it going. He, yeah, he's gonna he's got to get it going. Yeah. You know, and like yes, takes everybody out of their going. the flow, and the Suns can take advantage of it. And then, <laughs> boom. So, uh, well, let's get into some jam storage. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, a reminder, subscribe, rate, and review. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Stop by Oso. Get this lemon raspberry popsicle blonde it's a pretty good it's a nice tasting are they sponsors now uh no they're not uh but also if you want to be our sponsors go for it yeah uh, on losses we get only two views but wins were we're up there <laughs> we're up to five <laughs> it's awesome and it's a cool it's like cool cool five people uh i think i think devin booker jam star what'd you say oh fuck yeah dude Sometimes people in the I, I was watching this other podcast. They're like Devin Booker overrated, underrated. They're like overrated. Last year everyone was sucking his dick because because they saying he was going to be MVP and all that. I'm like, dude, watch games like this. This shows you how good he is. Not just like oh, yeah. shooting, but everything else he does on the court. He's so mature for his age right now. Well, and again, I think that that's something that the Jazz fans notice in the subreddit. It's just like, dude, he's just so good, man. He's just so unstoppable. So, yeah, like it's. 
it, it's a it, we it's like watching Randy Johnson when he used to pitch for the Diamondbacks. Like appreciate greatness because we have a great star, a consistent star on our team. You have to love and appreciate that. So next up for the Phoenix Suns, 1.30 p.m. start Arizona time on Sunday. Yay. Ooh, right in time for our games. games, right? Cardinals play two o'clock. I don't give a shit. But go Cardinals, oh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Cardinals, Cardinals, I'm so mad at the Cardinals, dude. They're so. Uh, why? They, what do you mean? Why? Like, your, your team's good, man. Like, Cliff hey, Kingsbury drives me nuts. Kyler Murray's yeah. a big fucking baby. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a beast. JJ Watt's a great motivator, but like, we can't just put anything together. Oh, yeah. Jeff F is right. Cardinals play on Monday. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they're, cool. they, yeah they play on Monday night. Cowboys play at two. So, in Mexico. So. Uh, yeah, we'll be double doing that. It, it all comes down to the Bengals Steelers game for me this weekend, man. That's the only game I give a shit about. If they um, win, and you, you might win all that money this no, weekend. No, they gotta win. They gotta win. I know, but like, I didn't want to choose the Ravens because I was like, I can see Carolina. Did you choose that the Commodores, the Commanders, or whatever? No, no, I chose the Ravens. So you went with the Ravens. That's right. I okay, had to. Well. It's. I mean, they're up. Uh, what are they? Negative thirteen or whatever. So to win. Oof. Well, so says Jay says he's going to be at a girls lacrosse tournament. And I'll tell you this. If you listen to the most recent podcast of Fan in the Flames and you decide to show up to a lacrosse tournament simply to kill him based off of a Twitter post that like, you earned it because he'll take a picture of the field and say, hey, it's game day. And his wife yeah. gets all frustrated at him. She's like, what are you doing? Some people hate you on Twitter. They're going to find you. And he's like, hey, if they do good on them. Like, that's on that field? Yeah, hold on. I know those power lines. So says Jay is near. I must yeah. find him. I live next to like 20 of those fields. So yeah. <laughs> maybe he's right by me. He, he might be. He might be. So, uh, but yeah, they play the Knicks coming home. Mm -hmm. I think this is a win. I think this is an easy win. The Knicks are discombobulated. The Phoenix Suns play well at home. They'll once again be wearing their city edition jerseys. This will be the third out of four games because on Tuesday night when we play the Lakers, they will be wearing these uh, jerseys as well. Uh, but the same stuff, uh, you know, I think that the way that the Knicks are playing, uh, again, discombobulated. I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Thibodeau doesn't make it through the season there. No, he <laughs> Thibodeau is such a good first season head coach. And then all of a sudden, like he just, he works them too hard or something where they're all like, he thinks they're all Devin Bookers where they actually want to play basketball. And they're just, he's out of there. He'll be out of there soon. And it sucks because New York had a good run. Uh, I think it was a year ago. Last year, they kind of fell apart again. So yeah, they had one good run where they got like with five him. seed. He, yeah, he never lasts through three years. I don't think I have to look that up, but I swear it's like the third and second year. Like he always just, his teams like just get burnt out from him. All right. So B's in the chat, Randall to the Suns, Yay or nay chat. What do you guys <sighs> think? Randall to the, that's Suns. a weird one. What do you think? Randall when motivated on a team where he gets what he wants, really fucking like an all-star player, but so put him he's next to DeAndre so Aiden. I don't I don't like it now. I used to like 10 years ago. Um, I do like the fact that if he were to come here, the environment's perfect for him, I think. I think it would be a good environment for him. He'd be a good locker room guy. It's just when things start to go really badly in a situation on the team he's on, he feeds off of that so much, and then he just makes it worse in a way. So he's a hard guy to watch or keep. He is, um, man. He, you know, he's keep in, motivated, he's in, maybe. He's inconsistent. Uh, you know, again, he had that one great year and he got rewarded for it. He's on year one of a four year, $117 million contract with the Knicks, yeah. 23 uh, million a year. It'll be 25, six, the next 27, five, the next and uh, a player option, 29, four in 2025, 26. I, I don't like it. I don't, I think that he kills some of your spacing. Like you said, he's one of those guys. It's like, if, if you're driven crazy, by the amount of effort that DeAndre Ayton gives, imagine that, but DA shoots like four threes a game. And you're just like, come on, man. Like, I don't know. I just, yeah. I, you know, I, I saw as he's like, it's basically Jay Crowder all over again, uh, but not on good, not as good on defense, I think. Yeah. And I, I saw tonight um, as my voice cracks one more time. Yeah. I was, I was thinking there's one dude. Okay. Yeah. Here he is. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back. And he already put up like a 24 and 10 game tonight. I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm just saying, like, I always think about these guys in that draft that come back and are better than Aiden. And that was always one guy that was talked about that might be better than Aiden. 
and he's all of a sudden he's already going to put up numbers, it's but he doesn't get hurt all the time. Yeah, I know, but I was I was getting worried about that, so I was thinking about that. But Randall could put up big numbers, but on a winning team, I just don't think he can help a winning team. He's good on those mediocre, shitty teams. Yeah, Mario Lopez. Randall's averaging twenty-one and nine, and he's also like they're one of their prime. You know, it's Jalen Brunson and, and Julius Randall, or they're they're one, their first and second offensive options with rj barrett as well so it's like you know here yeah. he would become a tertiary or a fourth option for the team and you know i don't know it'd be interesting i don't know i just we need to be healthy yeah. you know i guess we could talk about it a little bit before we get out of here but obviously you know there all these rumors are happening around jay crowder right like mm-hmm. he almost got traded right before the game but i guess that they couldn't trade him because the game started it was eric gordon and then you know the john collins thing today I'm a no on John Collins. I don't know what anyone in the chat thinks, but I'm a huge no on John Collins. His usage rate, his drop there, his he, he's he's a zero on defense. He's great offensive. He's got some really good offensive capabilities, but a lot of his offensive capabilities through his career have been highlighted by the fact that he's got Trey Young lobbing in the ball and good, better, and different. Trey Young is a plus point guard who's going to find you and put you in good situations as an offensive scorer. Not to say Chris Paul isn't, but Chris Paul is at you know he's got old saggy balls and you got Cameron Payne who's not that's not his forte John Collins would be a very very expensive person to bring into here you'd have to give up something that you'd like probably to do it and I don't think that you'd get the same offensive production that you're expecting and you definitely would have a challenge with him on defense yeah I think about a lot of these players like even him like so you want the player to give you a chance as soon as the Suns drop the trade that's either this one or the one for marketing. Marketing might still be a guy. Who knows? Because that team, they lost three in a row until tonight. They're not going to keep this up. They're not. Yeah, but they so want to trade. They want to trade it to the Suns. They want to trade it to a team that's going to give them true. a better asset in return. You yeah. Know? The Suns first round pick doesn't look so great. But even if you like, if you switch like Collins, if he's there um, offensively, it's a great addition. If he's playing next to Aiden, that's great. It would be fine. But I don't see any of these additions being like, oh, if we get him, it's championship. We're going to be in the finals. We have to have that guy. And the only yes. two guys, the only three guys that we can get where if we see it happen, it was like, oh, this is a finals contender. Uh-huh. It'd be SGA, but you wouldn't, you can't give up Mikhail. And you, and, but you won't get him. And, but you'd have you, to, give you're up not, Mikhail. you can't. Yeah, I know. But that's, but you, but you, you can give to. up DeAndre. You can give up Aiden for him, right? Would you give up Aiden for SGA? For SGA? I take yeah, a shot at the it. guy that we we could have had Luca and fucking SGA from that draft. Never mind, don't want to go there. So there's three guys: SGA, of course, uh, Kevin Durant, and then LeBron James. I know a lot of people hate the LeBron James thing; he's fucking old and stuff. But if you can get him and keep one of those three guys, Cameron Johnson, even though he's hurt, if he can come back and be decent, and if you can get Mikhail, keep it or keep Mikhail or keep Aiton, even though Aiton plays like shit, he's held accountable. He'll play good defense. If we get one of those three guys. Then You're, that's you move into contender. yeah you move into that elite conversation where it's nobody like, else you are a championship contender. Now you take a yeah. look around the league this year, like who really are your championship contenders? There's no team out there <laughs> exactly, outside of like yeah. Milwaukee who is still sans Chris Middleton who you're like yeah this is a championship contender. So there's a lot of opportunity out there to kind of hit that. To but but can you make it happen? Can James Jones make it happen? Or is he continue going to focus on fringe things? to try to kind of soften the edges. And again, I mean, this team's, I said at the beginning of the season, it's going to be highs and lows throughout this, this season, man. Like this isn't a dominant force of a team. It just isn't. Yeah. And Suns Geek said, and shout out to Suns Geek, if it has to do with the Phoenix Suns, he's going to make a video about it. So the NBA is, the NBA is wide open this year. And to your point, Matthew, like that's why the opportunity exists. So if you could take advantage of something, you got to try to go, go get it, Suns, please. God damn it. Yeah, I mean, we've had our, our opportunities. So if we look at this in three years, we can look at this year as like not a waste, but maybe this year is like, hey, we're not going to contend this year. We're not. We're going to be okay in the playoffs, but we're not going to win it. We're not going to win it because we can't get the guys we want. So maybe we have to wait till next year. And it sucks to hear, but maybe this is just one of those years, like you predicted the 49 wins. Maybe it's turning into one of those years where it's just like, this is who we have. We're going to have to play it out. And you see Flex on Twitter where he, t- he talks about there's some trade and he sees all these things about John Collins and Mark, like all these rumors. It's like, no, don't nope. listen. These are all just, these are green screen smoke. or whatever. Smoke screens, green screens. They're green all smoke screens. screens. <laughs> I have a green screen. They're all smoke screens for the big thing. So maybe the big thing is after the trade deadline or right before the trade deadline or right in maybe this summer. I don't know. But it might not be this year where the Suns are contenders. That's what I think. I think you're right. 
I think you're and right. And it sucks, but I mean, we still have a chance. We have a well, chance. But, but yeah, we have Devin Booker. No. Yeah. You got Devin Booker, you sure. got a chance, man. Booker's a number four on a really good team. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's a contortiary, whatever you say. Contortiary. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you hanging out with us for another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Everyone who's been in the chat firing off, we love you. We appreciate you. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button while you're here. Make sure you subscribe <laughs> as well. If you're listening, please do the same. Uh, we'll be coming to you live on Sunday kind of afternoon after the Suns play the Knicks, hopefully talking about a dub on that game. Uh, and then it's an interesting week. It'll be an interesting week of podcasts as we yes, enter Thanksgiving sir. week. Two games next week, the Lakers, and then we play somebody on Friday. Who do we play on Friday, Matthew? Not sure. Shit. Jamsers always know. Yeah. They it always be, know more than us. Might be the Jazz again. I don't know. Uh, but that being said, again, thanks for hanging out. Make sure – uh, you have a fantastic evening. Follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can go read my sad recap of this game on Bright Side of the Sun, where I even say it. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Uh, so please do that. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> any, any, anything else? That's it. Go home, love your family. <laughs>